Impact leadership. What does it mean? To wake up each day knowing your work, effort, and passion is being transformed into creating change that makes a difference in your business, organization, community, and your own life experience. It can be hard to stay on track when at times the winds don't blow in your direction, but you persevere and one step forward at a time, create something better. This is fulfillment in action. This is passion for impact. In this episode of Passion for Impact, I am speaking with the infectious Lisa Garreau. Lisa is a lifelong event planner and has been a connection strategy coach for over a decade. When founding Candy Event Consulting, how fun is that? In 2008, she began her life's work to help in-house event planners and their teams to embrace their brilliance, activate their experience, and cultivate meaningful connections. Now, if that's not training in leadership, I don't know what is. She knows events can become energized connecting points where communities can gather and grow. In 2022, Lisa's goal is to grow a movement of impact-driven event planners committed to creatively constructing deep, ongoing, masterful connections for their communities. The Connection Architect course and community is built for anyone planning any event anywhere who wants to take their work as a connector to the next level. Ready to take notes and strengthen your community growth skills in business and beyond? Let's do it. This is the Passion for Impact podcast with speaker, trainer, and socially conscious advocate, Tricia Miltimore. Thank you for joining in. This is the Passion for Impact podcast, where we have one clear goal to educate, empower, and elevate social consciousness in people, business, and teams. Passion for Impact is brought to you by Rock Your Leadership, a customized module-based leadership training program for social enterprise companies and leaders. We train impact leaders on how to grow success, drive change, and not burnout. Visit passionigniter.ca forward slash rock your leadership for more details. Today's show is all about cultivating connections that are both impactful and meaningful. Lisa grew up in a family of connectors, then moved into a career of connecting others, then started her business Candy Event Consulting in 2008 with the goal of guiding others to connect better with their customers, clients, or community members by mastering the work of event planning and promotion, even from the side of their desk. And it has grown into so much more than just that. What I have noticed about Lisa is that she is a connector whisperer. I love the energy she puts into her work and the empowerment she infuses into her dynamic online tribe. In Rock Your Leadership, we have an entire module focused on cultivating connection. After all, it takes a community, a tribe, an army of motivated individuals doing meaningful work together to make the most impact. So how do we create community and foster connection in a sustainable way? Well, let's ask Lisa. Welcome to the show, Lisa. Hi, thank you so much. Wow, we could just put like a period at the end of that intro <laughs> and that would make a huge difference in our world. That was amazing. Thank you for, so much for having me here. Oh, I am I am excited that you're a guest today because when I'm working with leaders and their teams, one of the things that comes up almost every single time is the sense of connection in community. And of course, you know, there's so many dynamics. We could spend hours on a podcast uh, with all the different kind of variables in there. 
But what I love about the work you're doing is that it's so like it's hyper focused on community and connection and those connection points. And I'm just going to do a quick quote from your website. So okay. it, it, it asks, and I love this, are you a creative connector working to bring your community, customers, donors, audience, team, or members together at important, energized connecting points? Well, if the answer is yes, you are an event planner and you have like redefined what it means, excuse me, to be an, an event planner, which in my mind is really that connection point is like the event's almost an excuse for mm. that connection point. How did you, how did you get so hyper-focused on what is such an important tool in our leadership tool belt? I love the question, how did I get hyper-focused on it? Because I used to have a lab and they said she was field trained, which meant she was like going through everything, all the bush, all the mud, every passing everything else to get to where they were hunting. And, and in some ways, when you say this hyper-focus, I think partially through COVID, over this last, um, when I say through COVID, it means through the lockdowns, through um, a lot of the disconnection, not just in the events industry or with people that are planning and promoting their own events, but everyone is feeling this sense of what now? Like there is that connection in other ways, but I think there's this underlying rumble of disconnection that people aren't sure how to connect well. Mm. But like you said in the beginning, I grew up in a family of connectors. So not having it, it's like, ah, like I, I'm a more probably a more of an introvert than I am an extrovert. And it's not really about our, you know, orientation if, if we um, love to be with people or not. It's just this feeling that connections are at the heart of every transaction, everything that we do. And, and when you read from the website, for so many people that I work with that are planning and promoting their own events, and you can be planning them for your business or as a speaker, which you are, and 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 people that are out there trying to connect better with their customers or their donors or their group members, I call these events connecting points because we really have to move beyond the one hit wonder of an event mm. to really seeing it as a tool, like you say, a tool that can lead us from one connection point to the next, to the next. And they all look different depending on what we're trying to accomplish overall, like overarching for, you know, the next year or two or five. So that's where my hyper-focus is so, I'm so keen that the conversation starts to change around having an event to raise money, having an event to launch your book, having it like, like we, we think of it as, as this little package of something that we're going to take this on, make this happen, and then it's done. And the conversation, the need we have for connection in our communities is so important that that conversation leads to new action, leads to new ways of doing things, which I think will change our communities. Yeah, it's very powerful. And so when you're working with companies, uh, how do you help them to then create these like ongoing sustainable connection points? What's, if you wouldn't mind sharing your top three tips or something like that, <laughs> so they can take it home and, and work with it right away. <laughs> Well, you know, it's funny because I love giving tips. I'm just actually putting together one of, I publish a magazine called Moments. And the moment for me is 
really embracing what it is we're trying to do, how are we trying to connect, and then infusing everything we can about who we are, our passions, our goals, what are we trying to accomplish with who our guests are and who, you know, if we're doing this for our clients, like who are they and and why would they want to marry their time with what we're trying to say? Um, And so when I talk to my clients, a lot of it is about clarity. So I, I talk a lot about getting clear and it's not just about clarity for your goals or clarity for where you're going to be in five years or in six months from now. That can feel very overwhelming for people. When I back up a little bit and I talk about clarity from a, a perspective of what lights you up. Mm-hmm. And this, this can be in a corporate sense too, because we look at, we, you know, there's, there's, um, the topic of culture, creating culture in your organization. Um, That's one thing, but even that can be insulating. So how do we shift this conversation to say, where is the clarity around who we are, what we're trying to accomplish? And then we take a look at the people that we are wanting to serve or those that we really would love to have as part of our company or organization in in a give back sense or in a, you know, engagement sense. And then we start to find these connecting points because if we're clear, like in it, you know, I talk a lot about the dating relationships. So, so if, if I'm not clear with who I am when I go on a date and that person's hiding something about who they are, or they're putting on a show, we really truly aren't going to connect. And the same thing happens when um, my clients that are planning and promoting their own events, when they are trying to put on a show or if they are trying to duplicate an event that went really well that they saw down the street or they are looking at, you know, how do I get to the top? You know, it's um, with your book. So you want to be on the top 10 list or the top three. You're shooting for something that is outside of the connection at the heart. And it might be a bit of a longer process. It might take a little more uh, time, but it's not complicated. And so when you talk about what's the tip you can take away today, so much of that is getting super clear on who you are, what makes you tick? Why did you start this in the first place? And when I talk events, I'm, I'm like, well, where did this event idea come from in the first place? It's very telling. Even if you just do that today, <laughs> and get clear on on why it started, you might see that it is actually something that you want to continue, grow, scale, repeat over and over again. But you might also see that, oh, it was so-and-so five years ago, 30 years ago, or something. Something happened that created this event, but it doesn't fit anymore with who we are, or it doesn't fit anymore with who our team is or what we're trying to accomplish. So even that, just saying, where did it come from? And why is it here? (laughs) The clarity. I love that. Mm. Um, One thing I find, and maybe you can add some insight on this, is that when we're working with uh, highly impactful leaders and organizations, so really, you know, um, really passionate organizations who are choosing to put a lot of energy into their impact, perhaps their whole um, their whole model of being in business as B Corp or profit and purpose, mm-hmm. right? All of that. Mm-hmm. And so they become almost so ob- ob- obsessed. It's not the right word. I mean, we're all obsessed about the impact because that's what really drives us. But we become so immersed in our own messaging that it, mm. it can become a uh, a little bit hard to see the connection point with, you know, either your partners or your perhaps your sponsors or uh, vendors and ultimately your clients and customers. How do we get clear not only on our passion and what we're trying to do, but that 
that connection piece, like, is there any tips for being able to see beyond the mission to what's going to really matter for that group? Oh, you know, that just gives me chills. I love this question. (laughs) Thank you. And I have a podcast, a new podcast of, of this summer. It's called The Connector Next Door. So I'm having conversations with people that are natural connectors that are out there in the communities, bringing people together in all sorts of different ways with all sorts of different events and gatherings. What I've done through, uh, which leads into a program that I call the Connection Architect, I've been telling my story on why I created this program called the Connection Architect. And the first one of the, these four levels. So I'm doing a little storytelling series, but the first one was about event strategy and I titled it, Are You Building with the Blinders On? Oh. Now the story that I tell is, uh, you'll have to listen to the podcast to get the whole thing. <laughs> I love it, yeah. <laughs> but the story that I tell is really how sometimes we enter into a situation already with our agenda, with all of our tools, with our team and everything's going, you know, we, we are marching in to make something happen. And we wonder why our community is not picking up what we are putting down or why they, they are resisting it or why they just simply don't show up or they're nice about it. When we, you were talking about sort of these uh, nonprofits or, or a social venture of some kind, and we're doing good work. So it's not that we aren't out there trying to really do good work. But I'll tell you one thing, Tricia. I say that I work with impact-driven event planners. But I have often had this love-hate relationship with the word impact. Because when you think of impact, and I actually did a lot of research on this because I'm thinking, what does impact actually mean and why am I struggling with the word? And it was because it felt like this meteor coming down to earth, having this impact, blowing you know a hole in the earth. And the impact is, is something that whatever's around it doesn't get the choice to adopt it or not. People are trying to find their way to now manage what's just happened, if that makes sense. The positive impact isn't the same kind of sort of come from the sky, blow into a community, find, you know, a place to start building. And I, I use the analogy of a building for an event, start building without consulting without seeing what else is going on around within that community what lights that community up what really gets people excited about gathering together and it might be things that we have never thought of before and i tell my story of actually going to another it was four villages but it was across you know around the world lots and lots of days of travel uh, got ourselves there and realized that we had done exactly that and the, the backing up, the conversations that needed to happen. This idea of not marrying, not taking the time to listen, not taking the time to really understand your customers. You might have it somewhere in your, if you're a, a business owner, you might have it in your business plan somewhere, but you may not actually understand what that looks like. What you're saying is that to step outside of everything that you have messaged in the past, or maybe how you've shown up in the past, to start really listening and saying, where are those incredible spots that we can start when I talk about connecting points, when we can start to really connect. And both parties will change. 
which is part of the beauty of it, right? Like it's uh, living, breathing. Like I see events as this and connecting points as this really living, breathing ecosystem of how do we actually start to find each other again Mm -hmm. and feel, truly feel the connection with those that we really want to serve customers, donors, you know, your group members, whoever that is. It's so important uh, for us to step outside of what we've already crafted. And I I say a manufactured message that only goes so far. So how Mm. are we wanting to step in, create those really, really strong connections? I think when people hear the word event, it seems overwhelming to them, especially, Mm. you know, if they're like, okay, well, event, it seems like a lot of work. So in terms of these connection points and being able to navigate, you know, our own messaging, manufactured messaging with which is actually to listen and hear what's needed or absorbed in a different way. What kind of suggestions do you have? Are we talking like online community work or what have you seen that's worked Mm. for you and your clients that maybe isn't so overwhelming as planning an event? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, what's really interesting. And I, I love that you bring that up because again, I just love to dig into thoughts and ideas and why am I saying what I'm saying, but even what is an event? Because reconfiguring that in our minds or with our planning teams, or if you're on a planning committee for a nonprofit and and you've got volunteers that have been there forever, it takes a little bit of time and patience and conversation to turn that Titanic around to say that maybe we'll talk about this differently. But when I do a strategy session with a team, what starts to happen? So these are people that they might be board members, uh, volunteers, might be the marketing team that's involved in planning events, um, executive directors often sit in. So it's a really wide range of people that have some kind of touch point with their events. So when we start in on a strategy session, we actually start talking about what is your purpose statement? We really dig into who are you? How are you showing up? What are you really, really trying to do? But then we move very quickly to looking at, usually it's about a 12 to 18 month calendar. So we get very practical and they start throwing out things anytime, let's say it's a nonprofit. So anytime that they have any kind of contact with their donors and we'll start plotting those in their year and we'll start seeing, okay, really heavy in November because you're doing a year end something, you know, fundraiser or online campaign or something's happening end of the year. And then you've got this run that's happening in spring. And then you've got these team meetings and you've got the donor uh, meetings that are happening in between. And then we start to layer on top of that, your communications and your marketing activities, because all of these points, when you start to see them strung together, A lot of light bulbs go on, which is fascinating and incredible and fun for me to see. But there also is that feeling like, oh, no wonder all our our volunteers get burnt out by January. Hmm. Oh, no wonder our communications team keeps pushing back, (laughs) you know, during this period of time. Or, man, there's that big open window of four months where we really don't have any connecting points with our donors. So the cool thing that starts to happen when I'm working with a client or a client group, it really is about saying, all right, then, if we want to have an ongoing, long lasting, healthy and happy relationship with our donors, how can we start to look at the, I call it an event cycle? How do we look at your connecting points and this event or connection cycle and start to reframe how are we showing up? And the other part of that is where are your customers or your, in this case, a donor, where are your donors throughout the year? 
really getting to know them. So that's where it gets really exciting when I start to work with people around um, being, when I talked about clarity earlier, being really clear on where these points are showing up and that that's where the event doesn't feel so overwhelming because then it's like, oh, it's part of a whole schedule and a whole cycle of connection. Mm. And probably utilizing a lot of the work that's already being done. Totally. As part of that. Okay. Oh, repurposing so many things. They're like, oh, then our communications can weave this in. They don't have to create a new campaign. They can actually use this six months to really rumble something about something that's coming up in November. Like it really gets to be fun for them because they can start to craft what does this year look like? Mm-hmm. That's a really cool idea. It's so practical. I know that mm-hmm. one of the things I see you putting out all the time are like endless resources. I'm always like, where did she f- find the time? Like she must have a huge <laughs> team and they look really good. And I'm just so amazed because it, it takes me, you know, takes a, a heck of a lot of effort to write a, a podcast episode or I don't know, uh, any kind of content. So this lives on your website, <laughs> which is, I had it here in front of me, but now I've, it's candyconsulting.ca. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. Tons yeah. of resources on there. Where should people go on your website to maybe, because I, I, you, do you have one of those kind of connecting points um, overviews or I'm sure you have uh, something similar? Well, people can book time with me. So that's, that's a real deep dive. So those ones are, um, it's called this 10 steps to clarity. So that is actually, um, usually we have anywhere between two and 20 people in the room when I do that session. Mm-hmm. And it's, that one is a five hour session. So we go really deep um, I've been doing them over Zoom. So if anyone wants to look at um, hiring me, like really let's get engaged and, and figure out how to really empower your team through that. But I have a ton of resources and I, I am an insatiable, I have this appetite to create. <laughs> so <laughs> for me, um, especially last year when COVID came in and, and I couldn't do my face-to-face workshops anymore, I started something called Candy's Short Guides to Learning, and that was a monthly, it's going to be happening again in the new year, but it was a monthly one hour on Zoom conversation around a topic that was, you know, that I thought was hot at the, at the time. And they're all recorded. They're on our YouTube channel. So you can download the booklet and you can listen to that hour. They're all edited. So, you know, nobody's faces or, you know, there's no deep, dark secrets in there. <laughs> it's just, it's Damn. just great information for you and a great discussion. But yeah, on the website. So at candyconsulting.ca slash guides is where you can find the links to all the different topics there. I also publish a magazine called Moments, Event Planning Ideas and Inspiration, and our next issue comes out in November. Um, And then with the podcast, it's really meant to be that uh, the connecting point that will lead people to the Connection Architect program. So when you were talking about focus earlier, for me, it just feels like I cannot not do this the impact to our community, the the changes I start to see with clients, the difference in how they're talking to their teams. I burnt out when I was 21, <laughs> kind of between 21, 23. I was in a, a family where my family was working in an inner city community here in Canada. From when I was 12, I was planning kids programs and doing concerts in the park and building teams. And, and it's crazy when you kind of think of Somebody might, I have grown daughters now and I'm thinking, man, that was, that was a lot at that time. And, um, and what I found was that 
there's there's such a need for us to think of events in a new way. It was super energizing back then, and that's probably why I personally why I burnt out. Mm-hmm. But then, mm-hmm. how do we do this sustainably? So that's that's really become a passion of mine, and all of the resources and things that I'm building and ways for people to actually get this information and have these conversations for little or no charge is so important to me that it's accessible and affordable. Mm-hmm. You're definitely super passionate about it. Let's just, if we can take a slight turn the conversation, you're very good at getting online and, you know, being an ambassador for your message and creating all kinds of content. If we could just talk a little bit about how you do that, like some tips for people who are impact leaders and are trying to share their message and, you know, that whole kind of um, brand of who they are, all that fun stuff, because you definitely have a great, strong, beautiful brand. So when you get online and you're on LinkedIn or whatever platform that you think is the most effective, what has been working really well for you to build that online tribe that you think would be helpful for other impact leaders? I think um, I have a lot of great mentors and people that I can uh, lean into and learn more. And I'm always learning um, social media. I, I actually joke, I posted a, an interview that I did with somebody on a radio show in Winnipeg called 2000 and Counting. And so this was like, I was so excited because there was this new thing like blogs and, you know, things that we could be (laughs) doing. And it's comical now when I listen to it, I'm like, wow, that was really (laughs) revolutionary back then, you know, have a website and do a blog. Wow. But I I think um, where things started shifting for me was when I really got the idea of being consistent and And to the point where it was kind of silly, because if I forgot to post during the day, I would lie in bed and I would post something because I'm like, it's throwback Thursday. So I'm going to just post something. But it was about getting into this rhythm and this habit of showing up. And my my issue, and I think maybe some other impact driven, you know, event planners in my world or leaders in your world, business owners, sometimes we feel like who wants to hear that again? Or, oh, I'm just, you know, it's about the people. It's about the people I'm serving. But when I started to recognize, and this was actually a really great conversation probably two years ago with my business coach, where he was like, people need to understand why you're doing what you're doing. And in order to do that, you have to show up and tell them. And I've got a marketing background. I should know that. But it isn't about me tooting my own horn necessarily, but it's like when I really got it, that for me to have the impact I want to have with the people that I am hoping to serve, I need to get really consistent and clear in what I'm trying to say, number one. Mm-hmm. What it? What am I trying to say? How do I want to say it? And then show up really consistently. Because and, and even when you were saying about events seeming overwhelming, for some people, social media or having that social media presence or an online presence feels really overwhelming too. So I think the idea of being consistent kind of makes it more like you're making breakfast, you know, where, where you know that it's a good thing to do, you know, probably not just coffee, but maybe you have something else and berries or something, but you start to create this rhythm in your week and in your life where it just becomes part of what you do. Now, sort of taking it to the next level, I have a friend that does um, branding where she she's a photographer. She talks about visual branding and it just took everything to the next level for me when she started to talking about the emotion you're creating through a post 
or through, you know, a photo that you're taking, even if it's a selfie. I'm running up the hill at the dog park here at my house to take video of, because um, I'm doing the climb issue of Moments Magazine. So I'm, I'm literally jogging up the hill, going down into the bush and announcing that the climb issue is coming. It seemed ridiculous and people are walking by me thinking I'm crazy, but it really is about consistency with your audience, but then also consistency and with the emotion and what you're trying to say to the people that are listening in. We have to um, honor and and respect the time, right? Like there, people are taking their time to listen if you've got a video up or if you've got a photo with a long, you know, some text on there. This is people's time. So I want to make sure that I'm honoring that time. Hmm, I love that. What would you say is some good advice for like as the pendulum swings and they, people get involved on social media and sharing their messaging and all that fun stuff, but then it becomes almost uh, in consuming, too, too consuming. Do you have mm. boundaries for yourself or um, any kind of, I don't know, philosophies around that so you don't become uh, um, yeah consumed essentially by what you're putting out there and maybe the reach you think it is or isn't having? So... In being consumed, um, I would guess that you're meaning with time mm -hmm. um, and also with focus. Yeah. So mental energy. Is, yeah, mental energy. So, you know, when I talk about connection points, and this is actually a beautiful question, because if you are on social media so much, and if, you, if you're doing it, I do it myself. So I don't have a team of people. Like, <laughs> it's just me. This is me uh, doing my candy thing in Candyland over here. But... But if you are doing this yourself, like a lot of leaders do, there is a point where we can get so focused on getting the likes, getting engagement, watching the stats, monitoring what's working, what's not online. But maybe we forgot to, to follow up with that person that sent us an email. Maybe somebody gave us a phone call a week ago and we're like, oh my gosh, I haven't called Jim back. <laughs> yeah. Like, where are we really connecting. So I use social media as a tool. It's something that is a, a little bit of a wave to the people that might be watching on social media, just as an example. But I've got to get my head back into and my heart back into connecting well. And if I am to connect well, um, I'm actually taking a course right now on referrals and on follow up with your clients and your customers, or your, you know, if you've got a workshop with your attendees. So how are we actually building this very authentic, beautiful follow up with the people that truly care and want to work with you or want to hire you or want to buy your book or whatever it is, mm -hmm. where they feel seen, heard and considered. So it does happen online. There's a consistency and an authenticity that happens online. And it takes time to build. It doesn't happen overnight. But if we're forgetting, and, and this is where I, when you're talking about how do we not get consumed by it, I actually have a, a, a dinosaur notebook beside my laptop that I'm, I'm writing down the names of the people that I want to make sure that I'm reconnecting with. And it might just be reconnecting after a week or some of them after six months. Some, some of them on my list, it's like, oh, I haven't talked to them since last year, since COVID uh, really kind of turned everything around. So, so I think really caring, um, I actually write the names of people as opposed to their company because I want to see them and I want to feel an emotion when I'm reconnecting with them. 
So mm -hmm. it's it's really important for us to wake up and say, how am I connect going to connect in the best way possible with the people that matter to me today and do that? And it might include social media, but we can't forget the real heart to heart, face to face, you know, and, and even Zoom to Zoom <laughs> conversations <laughs> with people. Oh, I think that is so important. And I have definitely noticed that when working with business people in terms of development, that it's easy to get on social media and share a thought. Mm -hmm. It's easy to share mm -hmm. a post or a video. Well, video, not as easy, but easier than maybe making that phone call, like you said, or, mm -hmm. you know, having to own the, the agency over those follow-ups that can be a little more difficult because it makes you a little bit more uncomfortable. So I think that's some really good right. tips there. I love it. Okay, this is all great stuff. I hope everyone's taking some notes. And you know, it's one thing I kind of miss back in my radio days is we could actually get people to call in and ask questions. And I guess the only way to do that now is when we post it and ask people to their Q&A. But uh, I do miss that part. Absolutely. Um, let's let's learn more about Candyland. Okay, here's some more personal questions uh, just to get you some inspiration from you. So what have you learned most about yourself from the pandemic? Hmm. That I really love being alone. <laughs> Is oh. that bad to say? <laughs> no, I think it's interesting. I think a lot of people can relate. Yeah. You know, it's funny because I, as somebody that, and, and even though I don't plan events from A to Z, I don't take on clients like that in the same way anymore. I would be out at events a lot, you know, whether it was a networking event or if I was observing an event and giving a report or I'm just with a client because they've invited me somewhere. Um, so I was out a lot and I have a whole closet of event type of fun clothes. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, <laughs> it was just part of my life. And, and for a few months, I'm like, oh, I'm wearing my sneakers every day and my sweatpants and can't wait to get back to heels and, and something, you know, like literally I am black head to toe with my little Nike sneakers on. Like this is my attire every day. And, but then after time, it's like, I love the solace. I love how much I can process and think and learn. I love to learn. I love to research. Mm -hmm. um, so, so it surprised me where, when I started going back, so this would have been maybe six months ago, I actually ran a or helped to run a women's conference last year. And it was 80 women in the mountains. It was beautiful. But just that feeling like, how do I engage? You know, like I was really the COVID cop. So, you know, I'm trying to keep people apart and, you know, and it was super stressful. And it was just mm -hmm. like, how, what does this look like going out again, where we are starting in, again, so important for us to understand what connection actually means where I show up and I might be a little bumbly or I might not know what to say, or I, I, I just feel like there's going to be this transition for us where, and for myself, where I'm re-engaging again. And, but I think it's going to be really, not that it wasn't meaningful before, but where I'm choosing, really choosing where I want to be when and why <laughs> it'll be a, a, a much more of a, a deliberate, I think, choice that I'm making moving forward. Oh, I think so too, that intention. You know, it's funny, uh, a month ago, our local women in business group held their first live event. I immediately mm. bought a ticket. I'm hungry. I'm thirsty just to be amongst other fellow business owners. And mm -hmm. and uh, I was like a Cheshire cat the whole time. I was just so excited <laughs> to be there. I was probably that annoying person. <laughs> oh, you know, Trisha, it's so funny because you would be the person I'd be looking at at that event. I'm like, oh no, I have to... <laughs> 
<laughs> She's so excited. <laughs> what do I say? Oh, I know. I'm, I'm teasing. <laughs> but, but I totally relate because I felt a little fumbly. Like I felt mm-hmm. a little awkward um, just because I was so excited. And I was like, yeah, but I agree. And I think moving forward, more people are going to be intentional and mm. are, you know, I, I just, I think it'll mean something so different. The next time we all get into a big concert venue is going to mean mm. something different or a conference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I really look forward to it. I'm excited <laughs> for the work that you're doing because I mm. feel like it's so important right now for people to engineer the connecting points in their own lives and in their businesses. Mm. And uh, yeah, just to, to make make an environment, make, I guess really create the moments. I like that your book, your um, magazine called Moments because I talk about mm. that a lot in my own programs is like, how are we creating moments that matter? Mm, I love it what you're all about. Yeah. Okay. One more question for you. Kind of puts you on the spot <laughs> for this one. What okay. Most I'm ready. Imp- okay. You ready? Okay. What is the most uh, impactful wisdom or a mantra that you live by almost every single day? You know, when you said mantra, cause I do have a mantra for candy and, and this came from personal experience of doing things um, that weren't working <laughs> at the beginning. <laughs> so I often say events have to be affordable repeatable and scalable. Mm. And so my, my friend, actually, I did a, a, just did him a favor. I did a a strat session for his team for this nonprofit. And and I wrote it on the, on the board, the whiteboard at the front. So it was ARS. And he's like, look at that. Lisa's saving one RS at a time. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. But I think that there's something about this, applying that to my own world, because if I can't afford the energy, time, money in what I'm trying to accomplish in the day, there's no reason why I can't make this sustainable. So this idea of of something being affordable, what is our investment and can we manage that investment? Repeatable, can I show up every single day in my passion, doing my best work with excellence if I am running on urgent or running on empty every day. So this idea of repeatable, sustainable, when I was talking about even consistency, showing up consistently for my clients and 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 that there's a, a feeling like when Lisa shows up, she's going to be totally herself and she's going to say what, you know, something that will be meaningful, <laughs> not every single time, but but that there's this repeatable nature to what I do. And then scalability, that is my creativity. That is where... Um, it's not just about go big or go home, but very intentionally looking at how do I scale something up where it's got a great foundation, there's some buzz around that, and then I'm scaling from there to what's next. And and I think I'm like that personally. And, and the theme of our next issue of Moments is climb. And I'm doing this climbing series of interviews with this climbing friend of mine. He's We're here in the Canadian Rockies and it's starting to snow. And I think he's even finding ice right now, but he's an ice climber. And so we talk about scaling and the tools you need, the preparation you need, but that there is this drive to get higher or to try something new. And ice is like this, the conditions of ice always change. And I think the same thing for any of us as business owners, the conditions are changing all the time, but it doesn't mean we can't start scaling and getting higher and getting a better view mm-hmm. and, and getting this competence in the work that we do. So, you know, maybe that's uh, 
that's my candy land sort of married with my personal life because I think everything that I create has to be certainly affordable and, and something that I can manage repeatable and scalable uh, for me to be living my best, my best life too. Mm-hmm. Wow. So arse. All I got out of that was I'm <laughs> <laughs> Just joking. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. I think those are three powerful words for sure. You had mentioned to me that uh, for anyone who's interested, that there is uh, an offer that you have put forward to enjoy a free three-month membership in the Connectors community, which is $117 of value. So how would people get connected with that offer? Yeah, it, it's amazing if you want to. So um, where you can go, you can actually email me. So I'm at lisa at candyconsulting.ca. Or if you go, you might want to learn what it's about. So if you go to theconnectionarchitect.ca, it'll tell you about the program. And then if there is a, a, a contact page there, a connection page for you to actually send me a note. And so if you've heard it here, just mention that you've uh, heard it on Trisha's podcast um, and we'll get you connected into that connectors community. We're just launching it right now. So we're onboarding um, connectors that will be feeding in. I have 12 amazing mentors as part of the connection architect program. And then we we're leading towards February where we have our first cohort of a 30 day build. So we're going to be building our event planning, you know, better connections through event planning, right from event planning, right through to promotion. So I'm super, super excited about it. And again, everything I do is about connection and community. So this fact that we're now building a community of people that will not just learn, but they're going to feed into um, the lives and, and the work of each other, which is so exciting. So yeah, so three months free in that connectors community, you'll get to know myself, you'll get to know our 12 mentors who are going to be feeding in. And uh, if you choose to go on to, there's no obligation, but if you choose to go on to the, the cohort in February, we'd love to have you there as well. That's a huge, fun, you know, curriculum driven deep dive um, with mentorship as well. So oh, very cool. Well, congratulations on launching that. And thanks for sharing a little Lisa with us, some Candyland with us. And <laughs> there's so many tools in there, like we were talking about, that's not just for the world of event planners, but for anyone who is in a leadership role, who seeks to create connection points that make a difference. So from all of us to you, thank you for being on Passion for Impact and sharing your energy. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. So great to be here, Tricia. It was fun. <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> Passion for Impact is sponsored by the Inspire Store. Need a gift that inspires? Inspire Store features exclusive ethically made goods and jewelry that embodies these three words. Yes, you can. Every purchase supports Food Banks Canada. Plus, you will receive Trisha Miltimore's popular personal development Shift Up e-course. Empowerment awaits you. Shop with impact at inspirestore.org. If you love learning how to live and lead in a caring and fulfilling way, and you find this show inspiring, please share with your friends, rate and review this podcast. Passion for Impact is brought to you by Rock Your Leadership, a customized module-based leadership training program for social enterprise companies and leaders. We train impact leaders on how to grow success, drive change, and not burn out. Visit passionigniter.ca forward slash rock your leadership for more details. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Passion for Impact podcast. 
Visit passionigniter.ca forward slash podcast to subscribe for episode notes, links and special offers from show guests. Cast your vote. Make your impact. One socially conscious choice at a time.